Well, hey, good morning, Sorry Mindset Podcast. This is another fun episode of the show. Today, we're not talking to one person. We're talking to two people who are actually brothers. Uh, maybe you've heard of them. They're called the Lieberman Brothers, um, which, uh, you know, we're talking to Daniel and da- Danil and David today. Um, they've got some rich history when it comes to being entrepreneurs in tech, um, as well as, you know, coming from Russia and just you know, with the companies they have right now, uh, product science and humanism uh, being two really interesting concepts. One one makes apps a lot faster. The other one makes people have the ability to invest in other people, which I've got to learn more about today. Um, and congrats to product science recently. They raised uh, 18 million Series A with Co2 and some really notable other VCs and angels. Um, but, uh, you know, today I think we're just really excited to dive in and see how a family runs um, a, a venture-backed business because you don't really see that too many times. Although I will say you see a lot of restaurants who have uh, families running them, but you don't see this coming from a business um, where it's a tech startup. So D- Danil and David, it's an honor to have you guys here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Uh, and welcome for Panama too. And happy early birthday to, is it David? Right, David. <laughs> Uh, honestly, we should say that we have seen several examples of the brothers doing businesses to, with each other, like Coles and Brothers, for example. Uh, very successful business. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Recommendations still give me like try to do it with your brothers and sisters. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, who whose idea was it to? Okay, I think I lit, like a little bit of backstory. I heard or read that you guys made a video game or something like that in as teens, and that's kind of where your entrepreneurship uh, endeavors started. Yeah, so game development company was the first uh, big endeavor. Um, before that, we had some uh, first uh, attempts to build uh, businesses. Uh, they they were just smaller ones, like when you have like a couple people running the company, a uh, couple plus couple. Uh, the so two of like, us plus, plus a couple, couple more people more. running the company. Yeah, game development uh, uh, studio uh, already. With the peak, uh, we had uh, around 200 employees. So it was already uh, a, a, a large endeavor. Uh, how did how did that begin? Just you guys had learned on your own and first yeah i mean like we we learned to code on our own and uh, um we had some ideas of what we want to change in the world <laughs> and when we realized that no one is going to support these ideas we uh came to this idea i mean i'm i'm sure that lots of people uh who have ideas about what good they want to do in the world come eventually uh, to the similar idea like first we can make our own money and then use our own money to do the good uh it's a really complicated path <laughs> yeah sure i, I, I understand you have to make your money <laughs> and it's not an easy one and the idea was to start with something which we are passionate about and we clearly see that there is a big market and also where we had some unique perspective um at that moment we, we played games a lot yeah. like oh yeah like and like Super Mario Brothers or what kind of games? Everything, and then uh, eventually the l- l- latest years of us playing games was on all about online games, massive multiplayer online games, and that's uh, when back in two thousand four we decided that we are ready to build our n- new big business. It was like okay, if we love this type of the games, we always saw that we knew what could have been done better. 
for these games, like what has <laughs> games about how to make them better. So we decided to to start with that one. Was a really bad idea in terms of like as your first business to start to produce massive multiplayer uh, online games, uh, impossible. I'm, I'm guessing that game creation came in handy when you guys created Kernel AR, augmented reality. That's that's kind that's of cool. a another company. Cool. All this past, actually, so when uh, the game development studio uh, bankrupt during the financial crisis of 2008-9, uh -huh. uh, we actually figured that uh, everything which we've been doing, like we were working with computer graphics, with server client uh, connectivity and the real-time uh, 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 rendering. rendering like we were uh we had to do lots with uh, marketing with storytelling with this but that like all of that together combined was a very really complicated uh, uh, project but as soon as you just divide by pieces this all like animation uh much easier to so if you can focus only on one aspect. particular aspect it was much uh, easier to build a sustainable business out of it that's why we went into animation and through animation we also saw a lot of opportunities to build technologies uh for uh for computer, for vision. computer vision and for uh the real-time rendering and that's how we eventually got to kernel AR with the technologies for 3d avatars as well I, I'm wondering. I'm wondering this thing. Like, how did you guys particularly? I think like was that technology new at the time, and there wasn't too much you can learn from a classroom about it. Like, how did you guys have the knowledge to make this all work? <laughs> yes, because every company which we built on this path is was always something which. Uh, uh, you tried before. You tried before. Or like, no for one. example, with Animation Studio, we managed to build a technology to produce TV animation uh, way faster than you can usually do. So we produced uh, uh, three 30 minutes episodes in just uh, two weeks, while the closest uh, was uh, uh, three to four months in production. And, and the usual one was nine to 12 months in production. So it was all based on uh, unique technologies, which we managed to uh, build and still like it was a, a kind of um, just emerging, uh, Trend, uh, how we can use computer vision and how we can use it to, to actually uh, produce animation or produce uh, avatar-like uh, characters and things AR. like that. Wow, wow, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the company was acquired by Snapchat, right? Like in 2016 for yes. Kernel AR? The Kernel AR was a project which we started when we saw the number of acquisition happening at the market. So it was uh, particularly, we were particularly interested in computer vision when we were de developing animation, uh, but it was too early, honestly. So it was uh, in, in, in many, many ways, a hybrid between the uh, manual labor and uh, automatization. But then uh, when in 2016, we saw that there were several acquisitions in AR field, and we realized that this is basically the same technologies which we tapped, tried back in 2010, 11, 12. Uh -huh. It was like in 13, there was like a breakthrough in uh, in uh, machine learning, machine learning uh, which oh. helped to better understand how to use neural networks for like style transfers, and then uh, uh, understanding the facial features and then replacing the picture on top of the facial features. 
Um, so all that led, led us to an idea that like combined the avatars, like the, the avatars which we have in games can then be used in social media and then can then be used in AR. And we started working in this direction. Yeah, so I got to ask you guys, like, how how old is the metaverse, really, if we're, we're wonder, like trying to figure that out? Because you guys seem to have invented key components of the AR and VR world um, or just, you know, been around that space for a while. But now it's, you know, getting popular and it's trying to reach somewhere. But what are your thoughts on that space? Just how do, the, how do the, we understand that? People were trying to, to make something in this field already for decades. It's just every time was too early. Like everyone was passionate that VR would be already in 90s, but then it didn't happen. And then uh, everyone tried again in uh, early 2000 and then still hadn't happened. So I think that uh, there were a lot of uh, uh, players and uh, uh, founders of different uh, ventures uh, who actually they build this uh, path to all of us um, but, but then, they were but just then, a little bit earlier than uh, and even with us uh, we were let's say a little bit late meaning that there were already several companies like Luxury or MSQD who uh, managed to create a like usable user-friendly product which millions tens of millions of users was uh, loving and that's how both companies was acquired first by snapchat and then by facebook and then lots of others like waves of uh, of attempts to work in the same field i would say uh started from those two wow well daniel and david i'm really interested in like snapchat for me in 2016 was a very fun um, app on the phone and just, you know, being able to do like stories and, you know, figure out how to make a Bitmoji and all these different things. Um, and I saw you guys had worked as product directors at Snapchat after the company had been acquired. Um, can you talk to me like what that time was like? Because I think like Snapchat, they go IPO uh, not too um, late from when you guys joined uh, and, and just definitely as entrepreneurs who join a, company that's looking to do a liquidity event such as like an IPO what what um what did that change in terms of like you guys' like operating style or like how you guys were working um unfortunately we didn't have that much time before oh. i wanted to see how company was before and the company was already in the process of uh, like uh, uh, going public but still like, i think that's a big change happened uh later year, not 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 immediately after ipo but a year after ipo before that in in general so i think that the major uh power uh of the company uh always uh was the fact that uh product designers uh led all the decision processes uh so you know like most of the tech companies they either led by engineers or, or marketing or business, marketing maybe. Or business. Yeah. uh this uh was a quite unique company which uh oh, wow. which was driven at least by product team so it was like a small like really tiny uh team of uh product designers who made most of the decisions uh, of what should be built and how it will be built. There, there were um, lots of guardrails, for example, like uh, no feature would be developed for the app, only for the sake of business. Uh, the feature should be developed as something which users would want to use. 
And if uh, we see that something can be used for business, prefers to introduce us to users, see if the users loves this new feature as a product which they would want to use every day, and then we introduce us to for the business uh, uh, reasons. And unless users actually accept this as something which they <laughs> want to use every day, it's not going to business as well. So like you see, there was lots of uh, uh, unique approach on how the product was developed and how the relationship was done with uh, the users. Um, it's a little bit uh, shifted uh, during the time when, uh, um, uh, unfortunately, the the, uh, the series of uh, engineering decisions led to the, um, uh, the the decline of the user base in 2018, maybe. 18, yes, 18. Um, and uh, actually then company had to focus for some time only on engineering challenges, engineering problems. And that's uh, where we see that uh, the, the significant shift uh, from this uh, initial um, structure. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think it's just really cool to talk to people who worked at Snapchat during that time. It was, it was one of my favorite apps when I was uh, during that time, like college during that time in my life, just since it was a lot of fun, Snapchat, you know, you would, you, those avatars or the, 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 the face masks, whatever you call them, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the that, that, that made, um, I think social media a little bit more fun because Instagram was a little bit like just pictures and videos. And now we see the evolution. The whole point of uh, uh, Snap, uh, uh, as we uh, still see it, like because Snap is basically still the only app which starts from camera. Not It doesn't start with the feed. It starts oh. with the camera. You turn on the, the app and it's immediately a camera. So it's all about you playing with AR or or uh, picture content. or picturing uh, what you see, creating content, and then sending it to your friends uh, or like publishing publicly. Uh, therefore, it's kind of like a, a changing paradigm as well. Like you first create and then consume. Uh, well, Instagram is uh, it, it start from consumption. Yes, so you, yeah. you first <laughs> see it, and it's all about consumption, and only uh, a fraction of users actually uh, create something. Wow, sorry, there's like a car. But what, what I was gonna say was, um, Snapchat has like a very like interesting history, and it doesn't get enough like love. I feel like just because TikTok and like a lot of there's, it's just not glamorized as much as it used to be. But when you guys were there, like, what do you guys think was um, the whole vision behind the the Bitmoji or like some of the things that you were working on? Because it seems like you try it out and then you hope it works right. Like it seems. Yes, the vision was that actually that this is a camera. Uh, uh -huh. yeah, with the camera, quite early, uh, Evan, founder of the company, had the vision that uh, it is uh, the path towards AR, and AR would be the next uh, big uh, platform uh, in general. The, um, the path towards compute without uh, input, physical input, like with, without mouse, uh, mouse or. Uh, keyboard and like, then when video feed when, is the when, input yeah when the video feed is input like when the computer vision and recognition of what you see around you is an input and then uh, he made several really interesting uh, thought over strategic uh, acquisitions uh, first uh, luxury with uh, yes oh like no bit bit much, much, like, bit much I, I, yes maybe bit merger first 
uh, it was a 2D uh, avatars, and then he acquired uh, Luxury, the AR engine for facial uh, masks. Mask. But when he acquired um, Bitmoji, his vision was that in the future of AR, avatars will play a significant role. That's why he knew that uh, company needs uh, uh, avatars to uh -huh. actually be developed. Uh -huh. And in, in that's uh, how he get to Bitmoji. But for AR, um, uh, the company needed 3D avatars to the avatars, avatars. Uh, not something which uh, you can um, greatly use in AR. And that's where our acquisition uh, came. Uh, that uh, to, he, marry to, to marry those to marry those two AR technologies and the studio avatars, but make them uh, 3D so that you actually can uh, eventually play them in AR or games or anything which you where, where users would love to use their like. Uh, mm -hmm. We were known in Hollywood uh, to value um, uh, original designs and original art uh, styles of uh, the cartoon creators. Oh, true. Disney, for sure, right? Like, and, and, and uh, for example, we worked with, uh, um, with um, the people from uh, Family Guy. Family Guy. Uh, to use some of the styles developed by them, but they were developing styles for 2D. And we were transferring the same style into, uh, 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 we were producing animation in 3D and then transferring their styles into the, so that the 3D actually looked like it's, a, it's an original 2D look. So we, here is like, this experience uh, worked pretty well because it was a little bit similar <laughs> challenge. It was this, this team which believed that uh, only 2D art uh, is viable, uh, and but what what we uh, what the company needs uh, uh, was uh, the, the 3D, 3D avatars. Like the company needed to use 3D engine in AR for the avatars, uh, but the style which was uh, which was chosen and it was a good decision was 2D. Therefore, we needed to marry the 2D style with the 3D technology, which wow. worked. Well. That's pretty exciting. Um, I guess like something I want to get to hear from the Liebermans is it seems like you guys have a joint career, but you two are definitely different people. Um, when it came to, I guess, working for corporate life or corporate companies like Snapchat or just um, within your own professional careers, did you guys always think that uh, you two would have to work together in the same company or has there ever been like, you know, where a time where um david perhaps you worked independently without daniel or is this how, how does it go because i think it's really cool but hard that, to do right because you can't convince people to honestly, hire you <laughs> convincing people is uh, is a, a major uh a struggle sort of like we never expected or want to work for somebody so in our vision we would always be creating companies the fact that we were acquired by snap uh, was a really interesting experience. And uh, we now understand how to work inside of the corporations. And we now clearly see that our, uh, uh, it's not even a duo, it's a, how to say quartet. Yeah, like it's yeah. four, four of us, the two of us and the two of our sisters works pretty well inside of the corporate uh, <laughs> In the corporate environment, um, regular corporate environment sort of hates us in this term because we become, we sort of become 
um, a superhuman sort of in, in their structure, which is uh, they don't know how to deal with it. Therefore, they are trying to like separate us. Uh, but all four of us working together, like you, you said this career pass, our, our career, the four of us career works so much better. Uh, and, and because we don't compete with each other for some career decisions and career growth, we're like, okay, we don't, we don't care about the career in, in this form. We just care about delivering the, the results. Uh, and we deliver results uh, at, at a much higher, uh, let's say, efficiency and pace uh, when we're four together. Therefore, even inside of corporation, as much as uh, the corporate structure doesn't like to, uh, um, to deal with us, they really like the result of, uh, of dealing with us. Yeah, so we actually, when we advise something uh, to young uh, uh, students, entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurs. entrepreneurs, we usually would uh, make this case that uh, we, we all thought that uh, you should pursue your individual career and how you should actually think about yourself in, in, in this regard. But together uh, in a team, uh, you are a, a much stronger unit and a much more flexible, much more uh, efficient. Uh, you support each other. And that's what yeah. usually, for example, investors uh, look at when they invest uh, on, uh, at early stage. They, they want to see the dynamic of the founders and they actually would prefer uh, to have founders who actually previously worked together because sure. A big share of uh, early stage startups uh, fail uh, because of uh, uh, team dynamics between, team between, dynamics. Uh, between founders. Yeah. Um, so that's what usually um, investors look at. And also that's what usually um, companies when they acquire someone uh, look at. They, they look at the team which, work, which actually managed to synchronize with each other and be efficient in as, uh, as an organism. You don't have to be brothers and sisters to yeah. work in such team. You just uh -huh. need to love these people as brothers and sisters. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's a great point. Um, you know, when I, uh, you two and I guess even your sisters were growing up, did you guys see yourself as, um, you know, what, what did you guys want to be when you grew up? Did, did you, how long have you had this like uh, vision or um, desire to be co-worker or just a company together you know like was that ever since kids or uh, I guess like for the if we talk about the, uh, we should say there are six of our brothers and oh, sisters six sorry <laughs> in one room uh, and as we were kids like we were sort of as a team like playing together doing stuff together but I doubt that we had this vision of us all of us working together up until the moment the two of us had this so the two of us uh had this since school uh since since pretty young age from maybe like 13 14 years old we already knew that we want to be a team forever uh but then uh, when we finished the high school and then we get to college and we started like developing all these ideas of what we want to do in our life and the businesses which we want to create in the future we then realized that our sisters are very smart and like we would we would love to have them helping us with our businesses and uh, it was a really great decision like it wasn't uh it wasn't the idea that they that they uh should 
join the team. We just wanted them first to be hired. And then later on, we re realized that working with them is the greatest thing which we can have. And therefore, when the first company bankrupt and we started the second one, we invited them as co-founders and partners in the next company. Since then, like everything we create uh, uh, forward uh, was uh, we were equal partners. Wow, that's fascinating. Uh, I think for me, I, I can't, I'm an only child. It's hard for me to relate to that. However, I would just have to say, like, when um, you guys wanted to do all these joint ventures, were how, how do you think everyone got on board so easily or made it, like, so smooth transition? Because uh, I think, you know, when somebody wants to create a business, there's all this discussion that takes place or all this planning and, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, for lack of a better word, arguing. And I'm sure you guys do argue. A lot of arguing. A lot of arguing. <laughs> this is a part of the process for sure. Um, and but we actually like it. We we every time when we see that we have uh, a significant argument, uh, for us is a signal that we actually should go deeper into find something better in terms of the decision. Uh, so and uh, you can see that we two are different, like all of like four of us are quite different, but this is a good thing because we actually appreciate uh, uh, quality of each other and we appreciate how we actually uh, complement uh, each other. Um, so and when someone disagree, uh, that, uh, the, like, for example, proposed pass is the right one. Uh, for us, it's usually a signal that we definitely can come up with something better. Um, so, but on the other hand, we all understand that uh, compromises are also needed uh, and that any good uh, company uh, is built on some, of, some sort of compromises. I've got to add from like my observations, the companies you guys have created are very, yeah, hard to rival or just unprecedented to a certain extent. Although, you know, there's definitely similarities to uh, things in the past. Although I, I'd have to start with uh, humanism, right? That's one of the companies you got. And it's kind of mind boggling how you guys operate three or four businesses at once. It's hard to, hard to under, like hard to, um, you don't see that too much. However, with, with humanism, to my understanding, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a company that lets uh, regular people like maybe me invest in perhaps the Lieberman's or another entrepreneur and eventually gain some sort of a value in the future. Um, uh, I just want to start with like, how did, you know, this idea originate and kind of where is it today? I guess it came for, through this dynamic. So uh, uh, uh. <laughs> It's a really interesting coincidence. So that, as you mentioned, that the that we had the, the argument. So uh, four of us discussed what would be the next uh, venture for us. And, after Snapchat. And when you already build some companies, uh, the main thing you want is to build something even bigger, even bigger, more significant. Uh, and usually, it is really. Uh, hard to raise money for moonshot type of ideas. That's why we had this argument with each other that we should take all the money which we earned before and just invest in our next venture. And uh, for our sisters, it was uh, a much uh, harder. <laughs> they have families and they kids, uh, kids and they also uh, in, uh, put some money into their mortgages. And for them, uh, ideas that we should just take all the accumulated wealth and risk again uh, was a quite challenge, uh, challenging ideas. 
Um, it, so in that, uh, that's how we, um, uh, through these arguments, we came up to this idea that uh, actually uh, most of our wealth, which we will create, um, will be created in the future. Um, and if we can capitalize this uh, wealth, uh, we, uh, will not, we will not have this argument. So we, if we actually can if capitalize we are the future. Able, if we're able to make money in the future uh, and we can get this money, not in the future, but now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have to risk with everything we created in the past and having now. And, 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 and we think that uh, um, it is true for most young individuals that uh, this is a quite hard decision which they have every day when they either should risk with everything which they have or they, sh uh, they should compromise and don't uh, dream. Uh, like pick a, pick a job and career which you can uh, pay their bills. Uh, right, 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 right. For your own future is much more valuable for you to risk right now and to try different things and to build your company or fail, or fail. like this all white beneficiary for your future. And, and that's how we originally um, decided, decided. We'll, go, we'll try and we'll try to go and uh, ask investors if they would want to buy some piece of our future. Uh, and how we, has that gone? Is it? And we immediately got a super positive feedback. I mean, obviously, we know lots of investors, and they're like, "Yes, hell yes, we want to buy a piece of deliverment." <laughs> so, right. So now, how do we do that? And then the question was uh, inventing um, a framework, a, a legal structure, something like we we ourselves are investors in over seventy different startups as, sure. angel. as angels. And then we also are investors, LPs in some funds. So we put money as LPs in some funds. So we can clearly see what is a dynamic on the investor side. But we, at the same time, are entrepreneurs. So we know what it is to be on the other side, like uh, someone who's fundraising money. Uh, and uh, we had to come up with the, 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 the framework, the rules of the, of the proposed uh, uh, agreement, agreement uh, which fits which plays in benefit of both sides, the investors and the founders. And we, we were the uh, sort of uh, ideal case of us being investors and founders and trying to understand uh, what, is the what is the balance for us to agree as investors to put money under such conditions and for us to, be, uh, to agree as uh, founders to raise money under such conditions. So we, we developed this framework and then uh, probably like five months later, uh, we started a company and we formed it as a holding structure, uh, which we then signed an agreement with. And this agreement is a pledge agreement, which we uh, guarantee through which we guarantee that everything which we will create uh, from the financial stand standpoint of view, from the financial point of view in the next 30 years will belong to this holding structure. And then therefore investors are buying our commitment uh, and the ownership uh in, in like of the piece of everything which we will create in the future wow has this been done in the past i, I read in the new yorker that you guys the the really cool article you guys were in um and just a really fascinating story from going to russia uh, from russia to the us and then flying to new york and just all back and forth um when 
so with this concept do you do you think that there are any flaws that that uh exist we will see i mean we will see <laughs> we have we had to start we have to try we we so far we see no flaws uh, uh, but, but still, uh, the, first of all the current system uh has major flaws sure. uh, so, so it's not like we will really uh, live in the perfect, in, world. In perfect world so the idea is that maybe something can be done better um uh, it, for us it's enough to to try and to 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 see um, if we can if we can make it better what are benefits or uh what downsides. are downsides which we might be can can address uh through this process um, so, but in general, we, we just, uh, through our personal experience and through experience of a lot of our friends uh, um, and a lot of young people we meet through um, advising processes, uh, what we see that the current system has the flaws that uh, it led to a, a drastic intergenerational wealth gap that right, uh, right. for for every next generation it is harder and harder to accumulate wealth um and we don't see it as a natural process we do believe that it is a result of uh, uh, regulations and decisions uh which were done by uh the previous generations and so now for young individuals it's much harder to risk and to try things yes when you have uh, uh, student debt it's much harder for you yeah. to drop out from high school uh, from uh, from college and and start a business um, and in this regard we really uh, wanted to find a solution uh, for for this problem uh, and uh, capitalization of uh, the future financial uh, potential of uh, young individuals for us seems to be a, a great solution. Definitely a lot of uh, uh, things should be kind of considered and addressed through this process. Um, that's why, for example, we personally decide that we will start, um, initially we'll start from the investment in individuals who already have some business experience. Sure. Uh, so they understand what they are signing. They, it's not something which we, it's not people we can trick or things like that. So we want to, we decided to start with uh, uh, the professionals and then through this process, develop uh, all the uh, kind of nuances. Uh -huh. of the work and only then to, to offer it to a wider public are, are you guys still i guess like trading or like how does a future valuation increase just curious is it your companies do well and by if say i invested or something then your net worth is attached to what i invested in is that how it works every major event uh, in your life uh you can increase the the evaluation of this uh, future potential for example um when uh you if you're a founder and you sold a company your, your company was acquired uh this event actually significantly increased the probability of the future success statistically if you will look at statistics of all tech companies created through the last 20 years founders with the previous exits 
uh, have 6.5 times higher probability for their very next venture to be a billion dollar company. Well, um, so the 6.5 times higher means that your valuation should jump 6.5 times uh, after the, the acquisition. So there are, uh, there are different events which we can derive from statistics uh, of the market, uh, which uh, will significantly affect your uh, future uh, valuation. How, how does the exit happen for the say I invested right into you guys? How do how do how do I get like does this money come back at age twenty like at, at, like age 15, 15 years from when I started or like how does the liquid like how does a exit happen? Yeah, so the, the entire structure which we built, um, it, it is actually you, you it, as an investor you invest in a company. This company. Uh -huh has a pledge agreement signed with us, but still it is a company. And we do it this way uh, so that eventually we can uh, show that investors can exit earlier uh, to sell their shares in this future potential to other investors, the same way as they do with uh, startups. Interesting. So it's, it's more like a combination of a stock market and maybe the private market where it's private yeah. and then there's a public ask very cool um i, I think i have to we, we got to talk about product science which which is another company you guys run um when you guys came up with that notion was that just uh you as a, you two or the four of you coming together and seeing that there was a problem with uh, making applications faster or the like, companies Yes, so actually, this came from our, our experience with uh, Snapchat. Um, that in 2018, audience uh, declined. Um, and even though most of the people on the market and significant share of uh, employees of Snap believed at that moment that the decline of the audience was mainly due to the competition. Instagram launched their stories. TikTok was there already, like uh, alluring more and more of the young audience. So everyone thought about it's all about the um, the competition and the product decisions. Mm -hmm. While what we discovered was that it was mainly due to the degradation of the uh, performance of uh, uh, application. It was just getting slower and slower and chunkier and chunkier, like like feature over feature, patch over patch. Uh, and um, it just got so slow that eventually the threshold was uh, uh, over, over, over like, or just, yeah, like people just like got fed up. Like user just got like, oh no, it's too slow. Like I just cannot stand already and stopped using. And in, inside of uh, Snap for, for the next uh, six or nine months, uh, uh, in, initiative started to rewrite everything and to make the application much faster uh, than uh, it used to be. Um, and through this process, we saw how hard it is for uh, engineers in general and performance engineers to uh, actually identify what makes it slow. Uh, because eventually it's not that like a couple people will rewrite the entire Snapchat app. No, it's hundreds of engineers who are writing. Like more than 600 engineers. Oh, 600. And, and therefore, like 
you don't even know what others are doing. There's no, there's no possible way for someone to read the entire code of this. And through that process, we actually saw a significant opportunity to use- uh, To build new tools, uh, to build some new AI, approaches. Which can actually approach. analyze it uh, for you uh, and which can actually surface these insights for uh, software engineers uh, so that it would be much easier for them to do their job. Gotcha. Daniel and Dave, I got two quick questions. Um, one is, uh, so one is, I got to get your thoughts on the Web3 world. But before I do that, I got to ask you, as people who created a significant part of Snapchat, um, how do you, do you guys still use Snapchat nowadays as consumers, users, and every day? Uh, every, every day. <laughs> First of all, no, no one can claim that they created a significant part of okay, sorry. So like it was part of uh, uh, many, uh, many great individuals, but we do use it. You know, like initially when we joined, we, uh, we, we never did, used we didn't We didn't use Snapchat before we joined Snap. And then only when we actually joined Snap, we wanted to figure why users are actually using it daily. And when we realized what it was, we're like, oh, wow, we, we so, get it for ourselves. So well. initially, we decided that we'll have streaks in between each other. Ah. You know, we'll send snaps every day to each other. Um, uh -huh. and, and then we realized that this is actually, this is the, use actually case. the use case. So, so you, you get the group, like a very small group of the people who, who you really love, who, like, who care about, like your, your closest friends and family. And you basically share some of your daily moments with them non-stop they, like, they don't I, have any you know it's not cultural public significance you know like it's not just what <laughs> is you it's made not something in your life which you will put in your profile like in your in your feed in, in instagram like, public not not public this is something which you like look my kid is uh, um uh, eating the food with its bare hand and everything is dirty and blah blah like not that you would put on your Instagram, but you will actually share this with your family and friends. So we start sharing between each other the snaps uh, of like just what happening uh, with uh -huh. us right now. And since then our streaks went like to thousands. <laughs> so so we really still like we're it. still using it for like seven years already every day. Uh, I think that my 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 highest streak right now is like four hundred or so. Uh, wow! So. Wow. I should yeah. add you guys on set. <laughs> 509 uh, is my... It's not as big as for, for, for some kids have, like they have thousands. Uh, it's like once a year we would miss the day. And then and that's when you lose your streak. <laughs> oh. So we still use it. And we actually believe that uh, to share these kind of moments is still the best app out there. Yeah, yeah. I got to ask you, like what... what um. What do you think it is about Snapchat that makes them different from, because because you know when Instagram, when Facebook, uh, Instagram, they copied a lot of the features. Um, what what do you think was it that really Snapchat is, um, what do you call it, better at or just uh, more catered towards? Because I think Snapchat's more fun, but Instagram's like more like serious, right? Like just naturally. So they, they're different. So it's two different use cases. Uh, Instagram is still is about this great uh, best moments. Uh, pictures. You, you have like best pictures you can do. So uh, the message which the message which you want to convey. There are a lot of barriers for you to actually post something on Instagram, while yeah. 
at Snapchat, they tried to remove these barriers as, as much the, as possible. The masks were there, like the lenses on top of your face was like, if you feel that you don't look uh, great right now for, to post something for you, like to send some picture to your friends, like put a mask on yourself, like. And just send. And just send. Uh, so, so, so the idea was to remove any barriers. So it wasn't about this... making yourself prettier. No, like a dog face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I remember in, that one. <laughs> in general, what we also realized uh, when we were trying to understand uh, this product, uh, <laughs> that when we were young, uh, we still had this um, um, uh, physical, like uh, photos. Um, so cameras. Uh, ca cameras with physical um, picture printouts. Printout. Uh, yes. And we had only 24 picture uh, frames. In, uh, frames in one. Uh, um uh, uh one like click right no not one click oh. oh he's talking about the the film oh like, oh the film, film the film film was limited yes film was awesome. limited only 24 frames um so we always care about having the best moment best shots uh, which we can do uh, with, with digital, digital, digital camera take, like, 20 of them in in less than a minute and then choose the one which is good uh, yes, in this case, you actually, um, the, the whole notion of photography changed from uh, storing the best moments to just the fastest way to communicate. So ah. the fastest way to describe what is happening with you with wor words is actually slower than just with sending snap. Um, so and because this is uh, a quite different use case. Uh, it's a picture communication, like literally. Picture communication. Like I got gotcha. How how often do you read your texts? Reread your text, like from uh, last week, last month, last year, ten years ago. Like not almost, really, <laughs> unless uh, I'm lazy this, or bored. This, like, with with everything you post on uh, on Instagram, people would go to your profile and they would look to your feed and like look through your life to understand who you are. This is like who you are. With your messages, you're like no, it's just like the the past. And with with Snapchat messages are pictures pictures are messages you just send them as something which will disappear you're like you don't even need ah, to gotcha so and because of that use case is quite different and uh, that's why the audience of snapchat never declined uh, because of um, uh, instagram stories it never declined because of tiktok and uh, when uh, tiktok uh, was growing in us they advertised a lot as, uh, in Snapchat. Inside of Snapchat. And Snapchat was advertising TikTok. Like, <laughs> one, That's so, one of the so biggest crazy. advertiser uh, at Snapchat. At Snap uh, platform. But uh, A-B tests showed that uh, this uh, uh, doesn't affect anyhow. People the... who installed TikTok through advertising, which they saw inside of Snap, didn't start using like, Snapchat less. Snapchat less. Um, uh -uh. So, and, and we believe and we agree that it's just a completely different uh, product. Uh, products. Uh, Snapchat is for communication. Everyone who actually communicates with their friends there, they keep using it. TikTok uh, is more like a consumption plus game, like gamification of creation and consumption. Uh, and that's like, and now it's more of a uh, uh, new, new newsfeed or something new media new newsfeed new, 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 like, like MTV kind of like, like sort of MTV type of <laughs> I, I get it 
I gotta ask you, 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 you too. Um, what are your thoughts on the Web three three space? Just because it's it's something that I I even kind of forgot to myself. What is Web three nowadays? But it's... <laughs> honestly, when when the term was introduced, we were uh, quite against, meaning that it wasn't actually like if we look at what was Web one and then Web two, there were significant uh, like introduction of significant upgrade of uh, what uh, what internet was. And then Web3, their only introduction was like a side sidekick. Like it was all about uh, uh, placing uh, some data on a, a decentralized ledger. Like, So in general, we do believe that decentralization is the future. We do believe that this type of web will emerge. Uh, the, the challenge uh, for us always was that the most of the projects which claim to be web3 uh they never been they never... really decentralized OpenSea is just they use api to actually access the chain or but but, but or... even more but even more the the blockchains themselves was not ready for for what we can name web3 web2 was never slower than web1 it was faster and therefore, if Web3 is the thing, it should be faster than Web2. If you or want, at least the same speed plus some additional features on top of that. If you want uh, to messenger or social media uh, projects to work uh, over Web3 Web over decentralized ledger, you have to be ready to perform millions of transactions a second. Billions of, uh, wow, millions of transactions a second, which uh, current uh, blockchains cannot, uh, cannot afford, uh, cannot. afford, cannot do. Um, and that's uh, where we see the, the major limitation. Um, so we believe Web3 is, is only uh, uh, to, be, to be, like it's not here, not yet at least. Uh, but still, I think that all the experiments uh, which were made around uh, uh, paying to artists and having these different distribution models when with every transaction, original artists will get uh, um, uh, so some portion of, of the transaction. This all uh, were really interesting experiments. This, which the, will short, be... the short era of Web3, which we have seen through the last several years, is a really interesting uh, period of experimentation of what Web3 can be when it will come. In, and I believe that most of the experiments eventually uh, will appear to work. be true. Yeah. They, they, they will work. Artists will be paid in this way. And we will trade with, uh, um, with different uh, art objects uh, through this type of uh, mechanics. So we do believe that exchange uh, of property, digital or physical, all that will be on top of uh, decentralized chains, chains for sure. Decentralized ledgers for sure. It's just we have not there yet. Like we need several uh, fundamental uh, infrastructure uh, baselines layers to still be created before we're there. Gotcha. Well, Daniel and Dave, I got a couple more questions here before we conclude the podcast but um it's been really interesting talking to you and just understanding both trains of thoughts and just the whole story it's it's really unique and fascinating i have to ask you um what what technology do you as as investor angel investors or people just entrepreneurs who are working with uh, dynamic tech at the 
at, at today's rate, like what, what excites you um, about like the next five years in technology, just looking ahead? Uh, we, we see several uh, big trends. For sure, uh, AI in B2B worlds uh, like is massive and would be massive uh, through the next uh, five, 10 years. Also, we see a great uh, potential for different type of new UIs like ChatGPT is, is sure. a chat-based UI, voice UIs. They, the, the technologies just came to the, uh, to the point where- To the level when it's uh, usable, user-friendly, like uh, yes, Siri or Google, they, they sort of introduced earlier versions of uh, voice uh, uh, interfaces. But they were too limited to, to be mass adopted. M massively used. And then currently the, the combination of uh, the current voice recognition, text to voice, uh, generation and uh, linguistic models uh, of uh, of uh, chat chat like uh, OpenAI's uh, or others um, uh, AI mm -hmm. systems like together uh, this can create a new uh, generation of uh, uh, voice interfaces, in, which will change everything for us. Like, in another area we invested a lot uh, is different uh, part of uh, stack for uh, self-driving uh, cars or self-driving robots. And this is also the field which uh, exactly like it's almost, we're almost there. Uh, you know, we already have a better version of autopilot uh, in our Tesla and it's actually driving us from point A to point B. We invested in uh, different self-driving technologies in, uh, in construction or in delivery. Um, so we, we do believe that for the next five years, we uh, will we'll see, see finally, a, we'll a significant see. adoption um, of these uh, technologies. Repetization of uh, production, we will see it uh, booming over the next five, 10 years. Like basically everything gonna be produced faster and more efficient and more precise uh, when automated. And um, what else? In the third one, which we hope quantum. that- uh, Quantum. Is quantum. quantum mechanics. Quantum is not, uh, we, we invest in quantum, but not in the next five years. Like quantum infusion is maybe like uh, 10, 10, 15 years 10, 15 from, years now. from now. And this is the two like technologies which uh, really excite us, but they- What excite us is uh, lab-grown meat. That's- like Beyond like, meat and- No, no, even meat, but not beyond. But beyond meat is uh, plant-based meat. But what excites us is a lab-grown meat. It's when the, the cell, like bioreactors, the cell is taken, the actual cell of the of a creature, whether it's chicken or, or beef. Fish or, or have, have you guys heard of like finless foods or something like that? I'm sorry? Have you have you heard of finless food? Uh, actually, I don't think that's lab-grown meat. I think that's like lab-grown fish, so not meat, right? You see, like it's lab-grown meat, like lab-grown seafoods. They, 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 there are different uh, uh, direction, but it's just uh, the idea is that you take a cell of a living creature and then in bioreactor, you may multiply to multiply and to grow the, uh, the muscles uh, by- Steak. Uh, like steak <laughs> a cell. Um, this is definitely a technology which, which makes will... which makes production of uh, protein uh, cheaper, faster, and with uh, uh, much much less environment environmental impact. Uh, uh huh. Yeah, I, I, 
Yeah, fascinating. I, I'll look more into it <laughs> in my own. Daniel and David, I have a quick question. Like something that fascinates me about me about you two is not only you two are really intelligent and know a lot about science and uh, computer um, things in this space, um, but I want to ask is like, what are you two guys' like approach to learning? Because it seems like there's a lot of knowledge you guys have, but how can other people who not necessarily want to do the same thing, but just want to learn or just want to uh, get a good education? Like, you know, how, how do you approach knowledge or adoption of knowledge? We, uh, we didn't have a specific framework, but then we actually really loved the description of a framework in a book called uh, Factfulness. Uh-huh. Um, I really highly recommend everyone to read the book because it's entertaining and uh, and opens up your mind. Um, but the framework includes questioning stuff and then comparing stuff. Never. Yeah, I think that uh, the the major thing is that we, if we uh, hear some fact, uh, we usually would go and check it. And, and, and normally we, we check what... the fact. With it, <laughs> try to compare it with others. We're like, it's not it's not enough to say. Oh, you know, there's like a million people doing that. It's so much. It's so many. It's a lot. And you're like, yeah, but what about this? How, can we compare how many people doing an opposite? And maybe there's like 10 million people doing this. So comparing uh, facts to each other is uh, even more important than checking if the facts are are true. But in general, yes, I, I think that uh, the 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 thing which is really important to be curious about the world. I think that uh, we just uh, were always curious about technologies when we decided to do online games. Uh, like few really believed that online games would be something massive. massive. <laughs> but for us, it was obvious. So, so there are a lot of uh, these uh, um, examples of common knowledge, which is actually not true. It's or like no one today drives self-driving car. That's why it's not gonna happen it, it doesn't it doesn't have any rationale behind this uh, statement that because no one is using like only a few people is using it today who told <laughs> you that everyone going to be using it in tomorrow like, we don't know if it's going to be tomorrow but it's obvious that it's going to be used because it's more uh, uh, efficient so so to and be cheaper so to and, be curious uh, curious about the world uh, with with uh, is is uh, one of the uh, major source of knowledge in general, um, because if you're curious, you will be able to invest uh, a lot of time in that, and then just give you some time, uh, like uh, some things which we um, um, we know a lot about. We learn it through years, so we actually gave us ourselves some time to to get where we are right now. Quite for David, it's it's been a pleasure talking to you too and I, i'm excited to release this podcast have people listen to it and, and learn your story and just uh uh excited for what else you guys are going to create so best of luck and uh, thanks for the time today hey what's up fans of star mindsets or listeners of the show thank you for making it here it really means a lot that you guys have checked out the podcast and i just want to say thank you so much uh if you guys would love to support you can check us um out on our website at startermindsets.com there you can see some merch and uh yeah to more amazing episodes and uh i'm out